to, if you look on page 398 of your book, if you have it, if not, then we'll go through some of these. Um, and if you don't have it, there's materials back in the back. I've got one more book up here that somebody can use if they need it. But um, page 398, uh, the question, larger catechism, question 99, says, what rules are to be observed for the right understanding of the Ten Commandments? Now, again, just where we left off, we've started back in Deuteronomy and worked our way through to Romans, and we came to conclude from Scripture that if we are going to love God, and if we're going to love our neighbor as we ought, we got to know what the Ten Commandments say as they are expanded. All right? We know what they say as they are summarized for us, God Himself doing the summary. But we've got the summary. And a lot of people want to limit the application to that narrow summary, if I can put it that way, the way it appears, just those words. I don't kill, all right, that means I don't pick up a gun or a knife or something and take somebody's life. And as we've seen, no, it means much, much more than that. Much, much more than that. So if we are going to love, as Romans said, what do you, how do we see? What, is this, what does this love look like? It looks like what the Ten Commandments say. So if we don't know what they say, again, as they are expanded, as the Word of God opens them up to us, if we don't know the ramifications, you aren't going to know how to love your neighbor. You aren't going to know how to love God. You say, well, that's, that's pretty bold, isn't it? I don't think it is. I don't think it's bold at all. I think it's just what God's word says. And if you've been with us as we've gone through these first seven, uh, with the exception of four, which we'll get to, but if you've been with us, you, you've seen how... Wow. Now, as we come to understand the Ten Commandments, I think it helps us understand how it is and how it was that Christ responded as he did. And as we see how Christ responded, it helps us understand the ramifications of the Ten Commandments. They both they both support each other and teach us, but they are totally consistent. Christ never did anything while he was here on earth that was beyond the Ten Commandments. He never did anything short of it. So you look at what Christ did, you, you take Whatever. Take one event, look at it, and say, all right, which of the commandments is, is, is being applied here? All right. Look at the temptations and look at what Christ said. 
and then think back, okay, where does this fit within the commandments? What is it teaching me here that I'm also taught in the commandments? And it's interesting, and, and I think is enlightening, that, well, if the law doesn't apply to us, why was Christ, why did Christ need to fulfill it perfectly, and why did he enjoy doing it so much? Okay. So, the rules for the right understanding, and again, I'm not going to hit these in, in great detail because we have gone through them, but rule number one is it applies to everyone. No exceptions. Applies to everyone. That the law is perfect and bindeth everyone to full conformity in the whole man unto the righteousness thereof and unto entire obedience. Okay? Number two, that it is spiritual and so reaches the understanding, will, affections, and all other powers of the soul as well as words, works, and gestures. So it, it applies to every part, everything in life. It applies to everyone. It applies to everything everyone does, spiritually and physically, mentally. applies to everyone. Number three, that they overlap. So what one commandment commands, another one may command something similar. There may be some overlapping. No problem. No problem. In fact, we know first commandment, Every commandment overlaps with it, and it overlaps with every commandment. All right? No other gods before me. Well, the minute you disobey any of the other commandments, you've disobeyed the first one because you've put somebody or something, usually yourself, ahead of God. So there is some overlapping. Number four, that where there's a duty... The, the, the opposite sin is um, forbidden, where there's a sin identified, there's a duty. So you, you, it doesn't have to say both is what basically we're saying. If it says one, the opposite is true, all right, in both directions. Positive, the negative is true. Negative, the positive is true, okay? So they... Deal with everything, and we broaden them out. Again, it's a summary. The Ten Commandments are a summary. What God forbids is at no time to be done. This is number five. What he commands is always our duty. Applies all the time. Absolutely. Okay? What God forbids is at no time to be done. Ever. No exceptions. And what God commands is always to be done. So if you don't know them, you, you're in danger. You're at a disadvantage, if I can put it that way, of your own making. But you're at a disadvantage to start with. Because how are you going to keep something you don't know? You might by accident... 
but you're not doing it because you know it and you say, I want to obey. And why do we obey? Because it reflects what? What's the sum of the ten? The, not the sum. What is the basically, what did Christ, how did he summarize the Ten Commandments? Right. So when we obey, what are we doing? We're reflecting our love for God. It's an act of love on our part. Now, I was thinking about it, thinking about the love of God and that God is love. God, in the second person of the Godhead, introduced love into a sin-cursed world. So that we, in turn, could love. And how do we love? By doing what God says. That's what he says. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You'll show your love for me by keeping my commandments. You'll show your love for your neighbor by keeping my commandments that relate to those relationships. All right? Six, a little bit the same as four. Under one sin or duty, all of the same kind are forbidden. So if we're not to kill, we're not to kill in any way that you can think of. And again, I'm using that when we've talked about that. So if you create anxiety in somebody's life unnecessarily by what you say or do, you may be guilty in a sense of violating that sixth commandment because with that anxiety, you may have drained some life out of them. You take that life in whatever form it is. Are you not guilty of the sixth commandment? You never touch them. Touch them inside. Touch them in their head, maybe. But you never physically touch them. But you may have, in one sense, as it were, killed a part of them. And we can do that, as we talked about, with um, just like with stealing, with killing. Affections, trust. You kill somebody's trust. Sure. So... Six, excuse me, seven and eight are really tough. I'm going to read them because they have a lot to do with where we are in the other commandments. That what is forbidden or commanded to ourselves. All right, you're not to do these things or you are to do these things. We are bound, according to our places, to endeavor that it may be avoided are performed by ourselves, right? Well, sure, by ourselves. Because if we're supposed to do it, we're supposed to do it. But it's not just ourselves. To be avoided or performed by others according to the duty of their places. Now, when you read that, when you read that, 
which of the commandments comes to mind? How do you do that? Which of the commandments applies? Now, in one sense, they all can, can be applied, but particularly, if you are to endeavor to help others avoid or perform what they are doing, well, let's just go ahead and read verse uh, number eight, too. That in what is commanded to others, we are bound, according to our places and callings, to be helpful to them and to take heed of partaking with others in what is forbidden them. So, now, let me ask my question. Which of the commandments in particular comes into play? Do you think? I mean, you may think about one different than me, but I'm, I'm thinking about one. The fifth. The fifth. The fifth is what? Honor your father and mother, right? So the fifth applies to children with their parents, right? No. We found out it applies to every relationship. We're going to talk about that a tad more in just a minute. But it applies to every relationship. And when you look at the duties, the duties of teaching and helping and praying for and guiding or serving or whatever your relationship is, that's how you do these last two things. All right? That's how you do them. So if you know, when you come to those commandments, not only do I need to know these for myself, I need to know these so I can help others. Parents have to know them to properly teach their children what's expected of them by God. All right? As they make their decisions in life. So these rules, look at them and, and, and go back and read them. Uh, it's helpful. It's very helpful. I do want to quickly hit our Hit our one-word summaries that, that my application, the first commandment, which and, and in short form, the first commandment is no, what? No other, no other gods before me. No other gods before me. My word, you remember it? Is our what? Our focus, our focus, right? Keep everything in life in perspective. God is first. God determines what you do, when you do, how you do, where you do. God is first, and if he's not, you violated the first commandment. And as we've talked about, if God's not first, usually who is? Self. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm doing what I think is right. Because I think it's right because it's what I want to do. You know, we can fall into that trap pretty easy. But first one, our focus. Second one, thou shalt, shalt not make unto thee what? Any graven images. 
Second commandment deals with our what we're doing today. With our worship. With our worship. First commandment, our focus. Second commandment, our worship. How we worship. Third commandment. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Third commandment is our... Well, folks, you got to help me out here. I mean, it's been three months, I know, and that's why I'm reviewing, too. But it uh, deals with our attitude or our reference. Okay? How we regard God. The sacredness of every name by which he is known. And how we use it and treat it. And any derivative of it in this day and age. And you'd be surprised. Some of the words that you may use are sayings that you've never had a clue what they were is just, okay, this is the term if I'm frustrated. But a lot of those terms have spiritual ramifications, and a lot of them trace back to God. So be careful. Fourth commandment, remember. Do what? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So. Fourth commandment deals with the Sabbath day, right? Yeah. Is that all it deals with? Deals with every day of the week. It deals with our time. It deals with our time. What we do with it. God says, you got six days that are yours. You got to live holy and righteous in those days, but those are yours. To do your work, to do your recreation, to do whatever. The Sabbath day belongs to me. Can you imagine standing face to face with God and saying, "Mm -mm. I'll give you a couple hours in it. rest of it belongs to me along with the other six days. And again, how easily, how easily we can succumb to that. Certainly the world. But I, I, don't, I don't ever point at the world when I see a great violation in the church. I point to the church. For how does the world know any differently? Why would we expect them to keep the Sabbath day? If we don't. Oh, you keep the Sabbath day. What are you doing today? I'm going to go play golf. Oh, 
Well, you know, I can meditate out there. Mm-hmm. Going fishing, quiet, peaceful, and get along with God. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying being out fishing, you can't, it, I mean, it can be quiet and peaceful. And you can get along with God. But then why don't you just, on the Lord's Day, get along with God? Why combine the worldly recreation to it? You don't have to go fishing to get along with God, I hope. Okay? Good. That was the fourth, the fifth. We've talked about a little bit. Honor your father and mother deals with our, our relationships. Every relationship there is. What we listened to and considered the first couple of months during the summer, I hope those that have been in the class we're sitting there thinking, you know, this is the fifth commandment. This is the fifth commandment. Because everything that you heard came out of the fifth commandment. Everything came out of the fifth commandment. Husbands, how you deal with your wives comes out of the fifth commandment. Wives, how you deal with your husbands comes out of the fifth commandment. Parents, how you deal with your children comes out of the fifth commandment. Employers, how you deal with your employees comes out of the fifth commandment. And right on down the line, your social relationships, friendships, comes out of the fifth commandment. And how you are to act in those relationships comes out of the fifth commandment. It's not just parents and children. You remember when we talked about that, I said that commandment dealt more with parents than it dealt with children. Because children have no clue how to honor. They're not born with that knowledge. They have to be taught it. Whose responsibility? Parents. So, you know, when you get children that don't know how to honor, yeah, it's got something to do with the sinfulness of their heart. But it may have something to do with what's been expected and, as it were, demanded of them, what's been taught them. Because if they've never been taught it, how are they going to know? Sixth commandment, we are not to kill Life. My word for the sixth commandment is life. Life. In every aspect of it. In every way. Every realm. Okay? Life. Seventh commandment. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Deals with moral purity. Purity. in every respect, particularly in relationships between male and female, obviously. But every aspect of it, again, it's not just 
a commandment that deals with people that are married. Yes, it certainly has application there, without question. But it expands out from there. Eighth commandment, the one we're on, thou shalt not steal. Okay, deals with property. Deals with what somebody owns. Okay, so those are our one word and We'll take the last five minutes of the class and I'll have you write all those words down now. So I hope you all have them. Uh, now you'll, you'll be asked to give it again before we're all done. All right. So that gets us to the Eighth Commandment. And if you will go to page 478 in your book, The Eighth Commandment, Larger Catechism, Question 140. The Eighth Commandment is, Thou shalt not steal. And just a little review of our particulars on this commandment, since we're fixing to get back into it. We considered what can be stolen when we started this commandment. What can be stolen? We talked about tangible property. Obviously, I can steal your money, I can steal your lawnmower, I can steal your car, I can, whatever, okay? Tangible property. I can steal what's in your home, whatever it may be. We can steal somebody's time. Time. So an employee can steal from his employer by not using his time 100% for that employer's business. He's paying you for that time. You don't use it properly, you've stolen from him. You took money for labor to be paid to do a job that you didn't give your all to. So you stole from him. Pretty much pure and simple. A lot of people don't quite look at it that way. Well, every employer doesn't mind a little free time, and they probably don't. But be careful that you don't assume that. Because if everybody does it a little too much, maybe you put him out of business because he just can't compete. So our time, friends, we steal time from our friends, we steal time from family. So tangible property, time, and we talked about the intangibles. Boy, this is where it kind of gets personal and hurtful a lot of times. The intangibles and still affections, emotions, Trust. We steal somebody's reputation. What do you think scripture 
puts gossiping and backbiting in the categories with some of the sins it puts them with. Because if I ruin your reputation, I may have taken your life. I may have deprived you of your ability to get a job. I may have destroyed your life socially. Right? Just because I stole your reputation or I helped do it. Be careful. Where does theft occur? Everywhere you go. Everywhere I go. It can occur in the home. Mark? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's, 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 it's so easy to do. And it's, it's, it's such a natural reaction, isn't it? Boy, you, you hit me, and I'm going to hit back. What's the problem with that? God says what? Vengeance belongs to God. And in many ways, that's the context of that verse. You don't take it in your own hands to get rid. That belongs to God. What do you do? What's our commandments? The sum of them? Christ summarized them to do what? To love your neighbor. Not your Christian neighbors that are so kind and nice to you. Just them. I hope you love them. (laughs) But love those who spitefully use you. Tell me off the top of your head the greatest example of that. Christ where? On the cross. When he said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Not Father, destroy them. Father, Forgive them. When I can do that, when you can do do that, we're starting to get there. Okay? We're starting to understand what it is to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. Home, work, church, public, Wherever you go, this can occur. And then why do people still? Why, why do they still? If you could sum it up in one word, and I realize, I mean, whatever you think. Tell me what you think. I'll tell you what I think in a minute, but tell me what you think. If you could sum it up in one word, why do people still? That, that would be reasons. Uh, particulars think a little bit broader a lack of faith okay 
Um, now, for a Christian, we certainly could do that. For the ungodly, they wouldn't be exercising faith in God anyway. But, but, total, yeah. The, the one word I have in mind is discontentment, which is a little bit of the same, right, right down the same line. Uh, right down the same line. Discontentment. Now, that discontentment can be because of greed or covetousness or, you know, we talked about various things. Uh, it, I just want to have more, which the greed or the covetousness. It may be need, you know. You, you know, and I, th I think we used this example before, you know, I, I don't have a job. I've been sick. Don't have money to put food on the table. Kids are hungry. I just can't stand to see it. I'm going to do what I got to do to meet the need. No, not acceptable, but maybe that's the most understandable from a human perspective. Something like that. Revenge. I'm going to take from you because you took from me. Again, going along with what Dr. Sidwell mentioned before in the culture we're in. You don't deserve everything you have. Some of it ought to be mine. And I'm going to get it one way or the other. Are those who are going to take it from you to give to somebody else using their position, violating the commandment. All right? The reasons where, the, the background, the, the backdrop for the Eighth Commandment. Then we get into question 141, what are the duties required in the Eighth Commandment? And I'm going to hit the first one today and we'll stop there. The duties required in the Eighth Commandment are truth, faithfulness, and justice in contracts and commerce between man and man. All right, let's just back up and slow down and look at it. The duties required in the Eighth Commandment are truth, faithfulness, and justice on whose part? Who's it talking to? Well, business, but who? Everyone, but in particular, me. Remember what we said about the commandments? The commandments weren't given for you to apply to others. Now, as we just saw earlier, it's your job to help them. But the commandments are for you Therefore, me, I can't make you keep the commandments. I can't, you know, I've already enough time making myself in one sense. Right? So, what we have to be careful here, what we've got to realize here, is that every, everything we do, every transaction we enter into, we've got to first deal with our own heart and prepare it 
to properly deal with the transaction. Now, some may disagree with me here, and that's fine. But in this day and age, where it is, I want to make the, the sweetest deal I can make so that I can turn around and make a nice profit. How does that fit with this commandment? Truth, faithfulness, and justice. So is it okay? Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. Sometimes the person you're dealing with doesn't have the knowledge you do. We talked about the child who's got a $5 bill and I give them four quarters. Say, look, now you got four pieces of money instead of one. And the child's, wow, that's wonderful. Okay? Well, is it any more right just because somebody is an adult, but they have no more concept of what they have is worth than that child did of that $5 bill? Is it okay for you to take advantage of that? Just because there's now an age difference? Mm. Food for thought anyway. Again, some would disagree. Probably some would agree. I don't know. But the point is, no question about this part. Your heart better be right going into it because that's what God expects of you. You better make sure that you're dealing with integrity and honesty in justice. What does justice imply to you there? What do you think? Tell me, tell me what your reaction to justice is there. Dollar for dollar? Is that justice? The, the, the term we would use sometimes, the quid pro quo, the thing, the one for the other. Win-win. Well, win-win. I mean, a win-win philosophy would certainly be justice. You know, if I win and you win, then, then there is, at least presumably, there is a degree of equality in the transaction. 
Um, the, the difficulty gets to be where I know I won. Maybe you think you won, but maybe I know you lost. That's where it gets a little tougher. Okay? That's where it gets a little tougher. Now, you know, does that require me does that require me to educate everybody in the process? Okay, do you know what this is worth? Well, here, go look this up and da 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 da. Okay? But does it require me to offer them the very top dollar that they could ever conceivably get? No, I don't think it does that. Because as you said, equality is hitting somewhere probably in the middle. Right there where the IRS would, uh, would say what a willing buyer uh, is willing to pay to a willing seller. And what a willing seller is willing to accept from a willing buyer. And that presumes some knowledge and equality. Okay? Food for thought. Truth. The duties required in the Eighth Commandment are truth, faithfulness, and justice in contracts and commerce between man and man. Can you walk away from the deal and as it were, stand before God and say, it was a just transaction. That's the setting. That's where you are. Can you do that? If you can't, if, do, do you, do you, hmm, maybe I took advantage of them. Maybe I took advantage of them. What did Zacchaeus do? Remember? When Zacchaeus got saved, what was, a, what was his almost immediate first response? Was what? I've, I've taken advantage of people, haven't I? And we'll get into some of that as we go. But I need to restore because he'd taken advantage, used his position, and took advantage. All right. So we will, we will pick up here now and get on into the commandment. A little bit of this is review as well, but I just thought it was good just to, it's been so long to start this commandment kind of afresh and work our way through it. So we'll end there for today and pick up uh, with, and, and again, what I do for those that haven't been in, I just go through these questions and we just kind of look at some of these and try to give some practical application stuff to it. You know, you can read the material. I just want to kind of bring it to the fore and say, hey, here's where this might apply in your life and in my life. And in this day and age, making the deal uh, is, is part of it. And how does that fit in? Well, we'll talk a little bit more next week. So let's close in prayer. Father, we are thankful for the time that we can consider what 
you've given to us. Lord, it's not always easy to exactly understand and to apply. Some of us may differ in some of these areas, and that's fine. As long as we stand before you and say, yes, with your help, Father, I've done what I believe you expected of me here. So, Lord, help us. We, we want to enjoy thee. We want to love thee. We want to love our neighbor. So, Lord, help us to understand how it is that keeping the commandments shows how we love you, shows how we love our neighbor, and brings that to pass. Is it really love the way we've treated someone? Is it really love the way we've obeyed you? So, Father, help us. We, we confess our hearts are still prone to wander, certainly want to go our way. We, we do lose sight of your great promises to us. What if we just obey you've promised to add all the things we need to supply our every need? So, Father, help us. Go with us now in this time between this Sabbath school hour and our worship service. And as we would come back in for the time of worship, Lord, help us by your spirit to have hearts full of thanksgiving and praise. We'll thank you for it. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen.